three, the game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. There are manufactured, unorganic, hype, overhype, uh, pops, returns, moments. We're all in the moments. We're going to have storyline. I got TV this week. You know what I got to do, Ben? Spend most of tomorrow. Creating a story. Well, concentrating on storylines. And I get it. That's part of the gig. We got to lure the vi- you got to lure the watcher in, the viewer in, the watcher. We got to lure the viewer in. And I get that. Been at it for a while. This isn't the first rodeo. But um Then there's stuff that's just organic that become a moment. Maybe you weren't thinking they were going to be or maybe maybe the moment lives up to the hype. Keep that song up a little bit here, Ben. Not only is it a great tune by Living Color, but it's the song that CM Punk, the wrestler, came out to on AEW Friday night. Now, I missed it because I was working Friday night, as you were you, Ben. But I watched it on uh, the Twitters and the YouTubes. And I'm not talking they were in some barn. I mean, they were in, like, Chicago Stadium the or the United Center where the Bulls play. And that was a legitimate goosebump kind of thing. I mean, ESPN picked it up. So I would say in a lot of ways, we're like CM Punk. We're the best in the world. <laughs> would, I mean, would you not agree? I could agree, yeah. yeah. I could attest to that. And we do something, and it, we, we get an organic, because we've built it over time, 30 years. But then, you know, when I took over the show, we really had to. Oh, put, I know where you're getting at. We had to build I, the audience. I can see through. I can read between the lines here. Don't step on my promo, Ben. Sorry, I'm sorry. So, we, you know, we had to build the reputation back up which is fine. I was willing to do that. And, you know, we, we now get respect and recognition. That's all I've ever asked for. We're just going to do the best. And it's the same job we've been doing since day one. So then flip to Saturday night where the WWE brings back Brock Lesnar from the UFC and their champion, of course. And then uh, one of the female wrestlers, what was her name? I completely forgot her yeah. name. She's irrelevant to me. So, a, but a big star, like the only really big organic star of the last few years, Becky Lynch. Becky that's Lynch. Thank Becky you, Lynch. Ben. So they come out, and yes, they did have a big roar from the crowd, but it was not as organic as what we saw Friday night. And there are some out there. You know what they do? A lot of hot air that they are. You know, we're going to create moments. We do, and they don't. They just don't. They Not only create, that. They create a lot of bad will, to be honest with you. You look at the house, you like you look at the crowd for SummerSlam, it was huge. It was way bigger compared to the United Center, but you gotta think about it this way. People sold out the United Center just on the rumor that CM Punk right. would be there. Not only that, the SummerSlam has about what, three, four decades on AEW and Well, the other thing it's is it's just this. the name alone that kind of sold tickets. How much of that was paper? How much of that did they give away the ticket? You don't know. I, I could see them giving yeah. away a lot of well, tickets. Well, no, they for want that. a crowd. I was and surprised I, I at what that. I saw. And I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying. Yeah. They tried to counterpunch the CM Punk thing with their own unorganic retread, blase, laissez faire, yeah. 
we've heard it all before. We've seen it all before. Yep. And that's what you got here. You got kind of the organic thing that's built over time through hard work of a lot of people. And the thing that just tells you what they're doing. I've always, I've always said this, Ben, and I'm going to get off this soapbox because nobody tuned in to hear this. But if you got to tell somebody how good you are, you ain't that good. That's true. That and I've been true. around three decades, and I've seen a lot of guys and girls that will tell you how good they are. It ain't that good. Put your head down and work. It's the moral of the story. Like when somebody asks, are you pretty good on air? I'm like, well, you better listen for yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. And I could answer that for him, but I'm not. All right, so uh, ben, Byron, ben Byron producing. It's good to see Ben. It's been a while since we could we could say this from one of our very many guests that Ben's heard a million times in his life. Hey, Ben. That's a Zoki cut. Zoki on today. We'll talk Panthers. And he talk- was on the TV uh, Saturday. Was he? Yep. They put a little shot on Mick Mixon, but oh, he was okay. there. He but, was there. So you saw Zoki there, too? I saw him in the background. Yeah, I have a real strict uh, kind of anti-Bama Z rule that I like to follow, so I also was very busy over – well, I was here working over the weekend. I, I didn't get home to see it's that. It's a busy weekend. No, it was, and then I've got all kinds of other craziness going on. Uh, it's great to have you with us. A uh, couple things to tell you about here. Uh, we had a – if you missed a second, I mean a, a breath of our show Saturday. Got a lot of great comments during the show, people texting me, people reaching out on Messenger. Uh, and, look, our guys did a great job and girls did a great job. Courtney was there along with Derek. They did a fabulous job on site. Philip got some interviews that we got on the air and got some that we're going to play for you tomorrow. But you can – you could go, you could hear T-Cop, you could hear myself, Ben, of course, back at the studio, uh, Chill Phil on the social media. The whole thing was was splendid. Uh, go to 943thegame.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast and relive the magic. What is the What did you title the show? I guess that would help be helpful. Just 2021 ECU Football Media Day. Okay. And if you, put, if you just put that in ECU Football Media Day, 2021 ECU Football Media Day, wherever you download a podcast, you'll find it. So there you go. If, I bet if you put it on Google, too, you'll be able to find it. Great point. So, But but the easiest clearinghouse is 94.3thegame.com. The website, yep. yeah. Just go to the website. It'll be there. Download it. Listen to it. Enjoy. Uh, it was a That was literally the fastest two hours at radio. It seemed like it flew by, especially when we had the car wash going and we were running the coaches and players in and out. And thanks to Tom and Malcolm over at Media Relations, they did a fine job of running those folks over to us. Courtney was our uh, coordinating producer that day. And she would write down, I told her, just write down everybody's name. Even if I knew who it was, write their name down. She put Slijah. Yes, Slijah she put Slijah, not Elijah Moore. And I thought to myself, I said, well, there was a guy named Elijah, but maybe this is brother, is a cousin, a, a twin brother. It's like uh, Travion, and was it Cavion? Yeah, maybe. Slijah. Don't call him Slijah. Like Terrence Copper, they put on his artwork for his podcast, Cooper. Don't call Cooper. him Cooper. We're not hanging with Mr. Cooper. It's Terrence Copper, boys and girls. Uh, so go check that out. I got sent something here today, Ben. Uh, Bubba Grant, the brother of Beth Grant. Beth Grant, of course, the great actress, ECU alum, and just one of the uh, one of the uh, neatest people you'll ever meet. I, I've really uh, enjoyed over the years getting to know Beth, and I've gotten to know her brother Bubba as a result. Uh, he's one of the few people I've said, you know, stop by Casa de Johnson at the Working Man's Beach if you're ever down, and you come out and have a a cold brew with us. That's an exclusive club right there. Well, I just don't want anybody showing up. You know, we can't have that. And uh, anyway, let me see here. Bubba sent this to me today. Hang on. There was an article written, in it, and, I, and I'll be very honest with you. 
I'm going to pull the big hint here. I'm going to kind of read it as we go along, if we'll ever pull up. But I guess one of the the crux of it is, is that one of the, um, like CBS Sports Online or somebody did something, and they don't even mention ECU in the preview. Oh, because it's that time of year where we're getting previews for the American. Well, is it just an American just, article. It's on the American. Okay. Yes, yes. AAC expert picks 2021 most overrated and underrated teams. Predicted order of finish, bold predictions. It was written by a guy named David Cobb. Now, I see ECU on his uh, picture here. So I'm just trying to see what he what, what Bubba's gripe is here. He calls the most overrated team UCF. I could sort of see that. I would say Houston. Houston hasn't proven well, anything he's yet. He's got Houston second. And they're up there in the polls, so... Navy, and then Memphis. Cincinnati's fifth. The most underrated teams. Smew. Tulane. No, I don't no. think Tulane. Well, I would. Agree. I agree with you. I'm just going on what this guy's no expert. Wrote. This guy's no expert, in my opinion. Smew. Cincinnati. UCF. Memphis. And then Houston. And then Tulane. Wait, 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 wait. So UCF is on a list for underrated and then overrated? I guess he's presenting an either-or argument. All right. <laughs> Once his cake and eat it too. So I guess what Bubba's contention here is the ECU is not mentioned in any of this. That's fine. Well, it's fine. I, I, look, you'd rather be underrated than overrated. Oh, yeah. And I think if you were going to put ECU on a list, it would be underrated. However, they have not done anything to warrant this kind of consideration. They haven't proven anything yet. Have just not. Like, just like how I feel about Houston. Haven't proven anything have yet. Not. So. And I, that's not a knock on anybody. It's just they have not. Uh, Dennis Dodd from this article, Cincinnati will win at Notre Dame and Indiana entering November ranked at the top five with a shot at the CFP. I'm down with that. Now, we know they would play ECU in November, and obviously we would want ECU to win that game. But if it does come down to you have a legit shot to get into the college football playoff, that would be so big for the – I mean, look, getting to the Final Four monetarily was enormous with Houston getting there this year. For the American, that's a big deal for the next few years. That's several thousand, hundred thousands of dollars going to the American each year uh, over a period of time, uh, if not millions. I'll say this about his uh, most underrated pick there, SMU. I'm, I got two words for him, season finale. Tom Fornelli says both Cincinnati and UCF will enter the AAC championship game with two losses, but the winner will still earn a New Year's six spot. Yep. Cincinnati, uh, Chip Patterson, friend of the show. Why don't you get Chip on this week or next week? Write that down, Ben, so I'll remember that. Chip Patterson, Cincinnati will win every conference game by double digits. The, well, okay, maybe we don't need All Chip right, yeah, on. Don't, don't play them on. The, the yeah. Bearcats are well. No, thanks. Are, the Bearcats are a well-rounded team, which they are. They grade out at least a touchdown better than the next best team, UCF, on a neutral field. The Bearcats are elite because they can get stops on defense. That's true. Barrett Salih. Who I knew Barrett before he became Barrett Salee. Uh, marriage between Malzahn and the elite athletes on U- UCF's roster will result in another conference title for one of the group of five's best. Malzahn is relaxed, no longer living in the Auburn pressure cooker. And as Gabriel, the quarterback, who can do all of the things he asks his quarterbacks to do. I like that pick. 
UCF is a solid pick. Well, wait a minute. Now, a minute ago, you were saying that they were overrated. You were on that side of the fence when the guy said he were, they were overrated. Well, no, I was, critiquing, I was critiquing the fact that he said, uh, no, I was talking about Houston, but I was critiquing the fact that he put UCF on his overrated oh. list and then his underrated list as well. So, I'm uh, the type of guy where you pick a stance and you stick with it. Can't be wishy-washy. Again, I think he was presenting both sides of the of the coin, right? Like I guess so, yeah. yeah but I, you like them as a dark horse champion? Yeah, yeah. No, I could see them being a champion. SEC coach, um, Ben Gabriel's a real deal. Ben Kerchival. Malzahn will get back to his roots with the ground game, allowing UCF's Johnny Richardson to become the AAC's leading rusher. Kind of lame. All right. <laughs> Houston will reach 10 wins in Holgrimson's third season after a 7-13 start to his tenure. This is David Cobb. No. The guy who wrote the article. With an incredibly manageable schedule that misses both Cincinnati and UCF for the regular season, Cougar High, that's my editorial there, Cougar High should be able to make the AAC title game. All right. And then this is... Price uh, is wrong. This is Jeremy, creepy Jerry Palm. Cincinnati will win at least one of its games at Notre Dame and Indiana. Bearcats win both and finish 13-0. They will legitimately be in the conversation for a playoff spot. Well, don't go too far out on that branch there, Palm. Where, where did Creepy come from? Well, he's one of the experts. All right, so here's the prediction. Where did that name come from? You've never seen Jerry Palm? I've, I've never been. Uh, Google Jerry yeah. Palm. Okay, all right. And I want you to tell Is me. Is it just his look? If Michael Vucimi had floppy hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, that tells me all I need to know right, right? there. So all but Barrett Salee have uh, Cincinnati winning the American in their picks, right? Um, let me make sure. Let me see what Jerry's got. Yeah, same thing here. In this modern day and these modern times, why do we need to have something that you have to scroll over? Just put the all the picks over on are, one page. Are they doing the clicking thing? Well, no, it's no, it's not even a click. If they were doing a clicking thing, I get it. This is just they've put the. Like a pick window up, and you got to slide a taskbar across the bottom wow, to get. I've to, never heard of that, Jerry. <laughs> That's so lame. All right, I'm just going to go through this. So Dennis Dodd, pretty respected guy, picks ECU dead last. Uh, uh, not very respected anymore. Tom Fernelli picks ECU tenth, uh, just ahead of Temple. Don't respect them. Uh, Chip Patterson, our guy, uh, has come ECU on Chip seventh or oh, eighth. All right, all right. I can respect that. And I think that's where a lot of people do have them. Except, okay, maybe he can come on the show. Except for Barrett Sully, who has him seventh. Oh, okay, Barrett. I mean, I don't know. That might be a little bit too much, but I like his enthusiasm. As does David Cobb, the guy that you were just criticizing for this article. All right. He's got ECU seventh. So how is how's ECU not most underrated then? How's there, how are they not even mentioned on the most underrated list? Well, there's other teams ahead of them. And then Ben Kercheval has them... 10th, which would seem to indicate they do not make a bowl. Jerry Palm, your boy, Michael Busimi with a floppy haircut, has the Pirates pick ninth. So there you go. All right, we got to get to Zoki. It's a Zoki day here on 94.3 The Game, so we'll get to him in a couple of minutes. Uh, ben, is there anything out of the Panthers game that I know you have some things you want to talk about, right? Oh, okay. yeah, of course. All, right. All the time. So uh, we'll have that for you. We welcome in uh, Panther Radio Network broadcaster Jim Zoki. We have the Zoke thing where he promos himself here. I can vamp if you need uh, to do that. Uh, you want me to vamp while you get the Zoke? Do you please have it do, ready? Please to... do. Okay. 
So coming up on Friday, it's one of the most highly anticipated matchups of the high school football season. And you'll hear it right here on 94.3 The Game. It'll be J.H. Rose and their star running back, Michael Allen, bound for NC State, taking on the Cleveland Rams. Cleveland is boasting perhaps the best running back in the state. And these are two of the best running backs in the country, for that matter. But Omari and Hampton, both guys are back from injuries from last season or the 2020 uh, portion of the season, which was played in the spring. Uh, but uh, those guys will be on display as the 0-1 Rampants host the 1-0 Cleveland Rams. 7 o'clock, you'll hear it right here with Croft, Massey, and RV on your home for Rose Rampant football, 94-3, the game. Zoak is next. <laughs> Jim Zoki, uh, tonight on Panther Talk on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB at 7 o'clock. The Zoke man on his way to those studios right now. Jim Zoki, what's up? I am literally Patrick. I've just walked off the practice field as I speak Whoa, to you. Okay. I walked up the hill. All right. I'm standing outside of Bank of America Stadium underneath one of these giant prowling cats at the entry gates. And I can't go a step further because I'd get on an elevator and I'd lose signal. So here I am right outside Bank of America Stadium talking to you. Right. So today I was driving between uh, Lenore County and Pitt County, and I saw it was 95 degrees. How warm is it out there right now, Zoke? It is 178 degrees today. Wow. All right. Jim Zoki, ladies and gentlemen, braving the elements just to be on the air with us. And that is Celsius, by the way. It's not in Fahrenheit. But uh, the players said it was the hottest day they've had now. We were practicing 8.30 to 10.30 most mornings down at Spartanburg. Today was an afternoon practice, as you can tell, just wrapped up, and they got on the field, I guess, about 3, so um, 3 till whatever time it is now. Yeah. A little bit hotter later in the afternoon. So here we go. This is what we can get from Zoki right now. What did you observe at practice today, Jim? I observed a team that was supposed to wrap up about 40 minutes earlier than it did, so I think Coach didn't like what he saw with the 20 to three loss against uh, Baltimore on Saturday. They were supposed to wrap up around 4:20. They went about till five o'clock. So I think um, I think they wanted to get a lot of work in. They do have to make five roster cuts tomorrow to get down to 80. They're still trying to figure out you know who their 53 is going to be. So they put in kind of a, a practice and a half today. Gotcha, Jim Zoki uh, with us. Did the Ravens uh, this? They've actually both. You know, I, I was on a show Friday and they were kind of joking about this, but the Ravens. They were like putting this out on social that they won 19 preseason games in a row. It's a big deal. They're one up short in of the record, like one short of the NFL record. Okay. I don't know what that's worth, but you know they're a good team, so it's not like they, they fall flat in the regular season. So there must be something to it that they won 11 regular season games last year. But uh, yeah, they've won 19 straight preseason games going back to 2015. What do you get for that, Jim? What what does that earn you? Is there there's like a Lombardi truck stop or? or rest area somewhere, do you get that version of the trophy? <laughs> you get, I think, a hearty handshake and an attaboy, and uh, I think maybe orange slices or ice cream, but um, ah. not much more than that. Uh-huh. All right, you saw Sam Darnold with your own two eyes. What did you think? Well, I'll tell you what, he completed half his passes. That was pretty <laughs> cool. One out of two. Nailed that 16-yard throw. So I think we know what we got now. Okay, good. <laughs> I think uh, – you know, very limited. The uh, coach 
did obviously say after the game that he expects the starters, and by starters he doesn't mean Christian McCaffrey. He basically said after practice that Christian is very unlikely to play, very limited, says to me very unlikely he'll even see the field. Uh, but I think he'd like to get Darnold out there, get some chemistry with these guys uh, for close to a half on uh, Friday against Pittsburgh. So it's obviously really difficult to make an evaluation at this point. It'll probably be a couple of regular season games before we even get a handle on what we've got here because they're not showing anything. But, uh, you know, his teammates like him. Coaching staff seems to like him, but you got to do it, right? I feel like we said all these similar things about Teddy Bridgewater last year, so I'm going to reserve Ooh. judgment until we get to see him play some regular yeah, season games. Don't, don't put the Bridgewater. Don't put the two-shoe Teddy on him. Good grief. But you know about Teddy? I mean, he played well in New Orleans. Denver seems to like him. There's such a thing as a bad fit. So he also didn't have Christian McCaffrey last year. Teddy did it. So I don't know that he would have been great, well, but he would have been. Christian McCaffrey would make any quarterback better than what he is. I go back to this as well, and I, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but, you know, Bridgewater injured his knee, I think, midway the, the Buccaneers game and just was never the same after that, right? So, I mean, how much do we, do we know how much that played into it? Who knows? No, it's, it's you know, it's, it's hard to say, uh, but I think, you know, that had a impact on him, I would think, to some degree. And, uh, you know, we we were not going to be a team that was going to reverse and go 11 and 5 instead of 5 and 11 last year, anyways. How much of that was Teddy? You know, how much of it was a first year team that didn't really have a real offseason with all the COVID constrictions of what they had? So it was just kind of a tough predicament for uh, a team that's kind of honestly starting from the ground floor up. Now they've got another year of building personnel having real off-seasons like they're having today out here that, you know, it was really a disadvantage for Teddy and everybody last year, obviously. The great Jim Zoki, Panther Talk tonight on 103.7 WTIB. Zoke, Eugene, uh, also Mick Mixon and, and others. A cast of uh, dozens will be uh, on hand uh, tonight <laughs> for uh, for that. All right, so are you of the opinion that there needs to be something done now at the kicking situation? I think they, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have competition. And yeah. the coach was asked about it a few minutes ago after practice, and his comment was a no comment. He said, we're not going to talk about personnel because we do have a roster cut tomorrow from 85 to 80. Uh, but he made a comment that was pretty pointed after the game on Saturday saying, you know, we got to get this fixed. And, it, you know, Joey knows it, that kind of comment. So, um, yeah, it's not like you know Joey's solidified his spot or that he's a, a no-brainer pick for this roster. There will be kickers that get cut next Tuesday. Okay. in that final round of roster cuts. And I think they'll probably see what's out there, and that might be the time where at least they'll bring somebody in for a, a competition, if not make a decision. But uh, I think this is a big game, I think, coming up for Joey since he's kicking unopposed to make sure that he makes every kick that's presented to him. Jim, what do you make of the rookie running back, Shuba Hubbard? He's, twi- he's quite the uh, polarizing figure when it comes to Panthers fans because it seems like for about the first four or five plays, he doesn't look really good. And then he has a big play that really just kind of breaks out and kind of changes the ball game. And uh, it kind of erases everything you thought about Chuba Hubbard. So what's your take on Chuba Hubbard so far? And uh, it seems like to me uh, he doesn't have the best feet and field vision, That, but that might be more so he's just trying to adjust to the speed of the game. What's your personal take, Jim? Well, I'll say this. Actually, you know, uh, Kirk Coleman and I were kind of bouncing this around during the game. He does have a presence of mind behind the line of scrimmage to be patient and let a block develop in front of him. So I think he does have that. I do think, you know, he, he had that 59-60 yard run against the Colts. He looked like he tried to do that about two more times against the Ravens and it failed in this league. And he's, he's a sprinter fast. I mean, he's a Canadian youth sprinter champion. I mean, he's, he's super fast. It's just a league made of fast people, though. You're not going to often be able to go inside and come around the corner 
and go for 60 yards. It's just not going to be like Oklahoma State. So I think he's got to pick that spot when that happens and just trust the block and get the most out of the play. And, and he's going to have to be like Christian McCaffrey uh, if he's going to last in goal line situations where if you don't have a block, you've got to overcome that defender and find your way into the end zone. That's what makes McCaffrey so good, whether it's a spin move or just his uh, you know, leverage and his, uh, his strength. You know, that'll come in time. But Chuba's uh, going to have to develop, you know, when you're on your own, you, you do have to win that, that battle against the defender and get that touchdown. Jim, if I were to pick like a preseason MVP for the Panthers so far, I think it would be Frankie LeVu. Uh He played really good in the first game, and then, I mean, he had an unbelievable performance in the second game. And this was a guy that we were talking about was going to probably be a backup linebacker. Has there been any more development about maybe getting him starting reps or giving him a little bit more reps when it actually comes to the regular season? Yeah, I think it's going to be nice having him because Shaq Thompson's coming off a couple surgeries. You know, Jermaine Carter's moved up into that Denzel Perryman role, at least for now with Denzel being on the shelf a little bit. Obviously, Hassan Reddick will be your other linebacker. So, you know, not a starter just because there's no room at the end as long as you stay healthy. But, yeah, I can see more reps. I mean, definitely special teams and definitely as far as keeping, you know, someone like Shaq fresher, you wouldn't feel like there would be a drop-off with the way Frankie Lubu's playing right now. The intensity, as he says, he wants to always be around the football, and, and he is. Uh, he's, he seems like they would. What you saw, I think a lot of fans are seeing. I think he could become like an immediate fan favorite because of the way he plays. He's got a cool name, Frankie Lubu. So I think there's an opportunity for him to become that next cult figure kind of guy on this defense. Uh, Jim Zoki with us uh, here. Uh, I think Ben's got one more, and I, I wanted to go in the direction of some more general NFL. So here's Ben with uh, – is it Ben or are we going to get B-Baby here on this question? No, I'm, I'm pretty tame this week. Okay. I'm pretty, pretty tame. tame. So you get Ben on this this other question here. So, Okay, we got, we got Ben, not B-Baby. I didn't know <laughs> with Roethlisberger if he went, would go B-Baby this week to not be confused with Ben Roethlisberger. Mm, no, he did B-Baby a long time ago. It yeah, may have no, been to avoid, I was first. It may have been to avoid being confused with Roethlisberger, but it was done a while ago. <laughs> All right, what do you got, Ben? It's quite simple. I mean, we're going into the third game, third and final game of the preseason. Uh, so far, if you were to pick like a couple of guys, whose stock has gone up with the coaching staff and whose stock has gone down, where they might possibly be like they might lose their spot or might get cut, where you might not would have thought that would have happened to a certain guy coming into the preseason, you would have thought their spot would have been solidified. That's a great question, B-Baby. Um, I will say we just mentioned you know, Denzel Perryman, and there's a, there's a comment of your best ability is availability, and he's really not been out there. I'm not saying he's going to be cut because they brought him in as a free agent, but he could lose a starting job to someone who's playing well and who's really hungry in Jermaine Carter. That, to me, would be a surprise change that I would not expect it at the beginning of training camp. So I think that's one that's like, Maybe not as great. I've not been. Um, I'm not saying it's over, but I'm not been super impressed with uh, David Moore compared to what I thought he would be as a slot receiver. I think he's been okay, but he's had a lot of drops in Spartanburg and in some of the joint sessions. So, uh, not to the point where he wouldn't make the team, but I could see where maybe he could drop down where we thought he'd be the three receiver. Maybe he'll be the four or the five receiver. Uh, as far as risers, I think you know a guy that's been brought up a lot by the coaching staff is Sean Chandler, the safety who had a fumble recovery. This past week, we just mentioned Frankie Louvu as being another one there. Um, I would think, too, when you look at the, the offensive side, someone like Shai Smith has been coming on the past couple of weeks. I think they like his explosiveness. And while C.J. Saunders, we've talked about him before, is a nice story, I see him more as a practice squad guy. I don't see him being able to make the top six at wide receiver, but at least for essentially an NFL walk-on, if you will, 
uh, a guy that could you know be here. I think they would like to keep him in that capacity. And I think uh, the, the depth at offensive line, I think, to be determined. You know, when we brought in these uh, veteran guys, I think Dennis Daly could steal a starting spot from someone like say a Pat Elfline, maybe at left guard. So I think a Dennis Daly, even though he was here before. I think when they brought in Elfline and brought Miller back, people thought those would be the guards. I think I think they want Daly and uh, the way he's playing. Uh, Daly very well could steal a starting spot. This is a little bit of breaking news, uh, Jim. The NFL is covered unlike ever before, and so with all these, uh, boy, that fell flat. With these fights that we're seeing in camp, right? Right. Is it a case of we're seeing an abnormally high amount of fights within camp? Or is it because the NFL is being covered unlike any time ever before? We just have people there with cameras now. I think they happened before, and they might have even been reported before. Um, but I think the volume of the, the stuff going viral, if you will, on a few minutes of Twitter and that kind of thing makes it seem even more than it is. And then, it, of course, it spreads to TV needing something to show on their nonstop ESPN NFL network coverage. So I think it is a lot of coverage of that. I also think it's, uh, you know, the Panthers did two days of joint sessions with other teams. So they did four days Uh of hitting other teams. That's, you know, some teams didn't used to do any, or if they did, they did one day. And so, like we saw last week with the Rams and the Raiders, you know, they had to shut the practice down at the end because it got out of hand. So anytime you get two opposing teams and guys squared off who don't even know each other, so not valuing each other's health as much as they would a teammate, I think we get a little bit more of that too, of that intensity. Let me ask you this really quick, Jim. Uh, there's Monday Night Football tonight. I know after Panther talk, you'll be glued. Uh, but we get uh, the Jaguars uh, at New Orleans. Of course, a uh, division rival of the Panthers. Does it look like that that quarterbacking situation is really solidified after being solidified forever? Uh, my guy, uh, Ben Byram's part of Minshew Mania. But, I mean, let's face it, you don't get the number one pick and then sit him on the bench behind Gardner Minshew, ECU alum. Uh, so you have a couple of, I guess, one quarterback situation that the staff would like you to believe is in flux, but it's not. And then one, I think, in New Orleans that's very much in flux. Would you agree? I, you know, I do. I think Sean Payton probably has a plan and a thought in mind that he's not sharing, but uh, I think it's been pretty even with really the top three receivers in New Orleans. Like you said, it's been a no-brainer with the Hall of Famer there, Drew Brees, all those years. I still feel like it's going to be Jameis Winston um, when it's all said and done. I think uh, that makes the most sense as far as the most practical guy to be at least the, the lead guy to start the season out with anyways. But we'll see. I, I agree with you. I don't think Gardner Minshew any more than Tim Tebow would have could have beaten out uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. And really, Tebow probably would have had a better chance at that position. Who makes a quarterback into a blocking tight end and thinks that's going to work at any level? let alone the NFL. I'm not even mad at Tebow. I'm mad at them for thinking that that's something he should have been doing. Right. Well, if he'd done it 10 years ago, maybe, right? Might have right. figured it out, but not not now. He's busy winning a Heisman as a quarterback. Well, back that's then. true. I know. But see, when I did Orlando radio and I'd shift over and do sports, I, you just throw out a little Tebow should change position? Oh, you put those calls on cruise control for the next <laughs> hour. It was great. It was great. It really was. You got to stoke those fires, don't you? Uh, well, you know, the beautiful thing about Florida, too, is there's it's people from all over the world, so you'd get you'd get a lot of great accents one way or the other. I, that's the best part. Impassioned, fired up people with different accents. I love it. Now uh, you could just go down there and go, "What's up with all these masks everyone's wearing?" And just like the <laughs> yeah, don't I know it? Gosh, don't I know it? All right, uh, Jim Zoki, hear him tonight. One zero three seven WTIB. He'll be part of Panther Talk up and down 
the Carolina Panthers radio network. Uh, hear it here in the East at 7. Zoe, good to talk to you. We'll uh, catch up with you next week after the Pittsburgh game. Do you? There'll be The fans for Pittsburgh will show up. There's nothing more annoying than a Steelers fan. And they will show up, will they not? They'll show up like the Raiders fans because, did in L.A., right? They will because they live, they live here, and there are some Raven fans <laughs> that live here, but right. there's a there's a mass biblical exodus from Pittsburgh to Charlotte of uh, Steeler fans who live here, and they've engulfed this city, and they've come in, and they've taken our jobs. And so um, they're here anyways, and they, they love this preseason game when it comes around every year. Yeah, Good to talk to you, Zoke. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you. All right, there he goes, Jim Zoki. Uh, the former UNC quarterback, Cade Fortin, has been uh, named the starter for uh, South Florida in their opener against NC State. So there you go. Uh, former UNC QB going to be the starter for South Florida when they take on the pack coming up. All right, Ben, uh, we're going to do our pirate report. And uh, we will do that coming up on the other side. Uh, Well, no, we'll do it now. And uh, the Pirate Report, I'm sorry, on the other side. Ben's update is coming up now. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong piece of paper. Uh I was about popped out of my head I saw that, and that's what led me to believe that that I'd screwed up. Uh, But we've got our Pirate Report coming up. Uh, We got Coach Houston and Holton from the other day. Great. So uh, we'll have some of those cuts for you. And then uh, that'll follow Ben Byram's update here on everything going on. They, they postponed the whole fourth round of the golf tournament because of the hurricane, and now they're playing it right now as we speak, in fact. They might be winding it down. HV3, I think, was four shots off the lead. It's not looking too good right but now. But, I mean, well, the, today, the, even though they were playing today, and I mean, they're, but, I mean, those are t- to play post-hurricane? Yeah. I mean, it, it, overall, he had a really good uh, – No, he played well, and he's yeah. going to move on to next week, but, I mean, it, it looks like. But those conditions to play in are not good. Oh, yeah. Not good conditions. Uh, so Ben will update that and everything else going on for you right now. Thanks, Patrick. We'll start with ECU football as they held their media day Saturday. We caught up with quarterback Colton Ehlers, who gave his thoughts on his team heading into next season. We we're as close as we've ever been, and, and we're the best team we've ever been to. I mean, we got depth at all areas and experience at all areas. I mean, I mean, anytime you return 21 out of 22 starters, you're going to be pretty a pretty good football team. You can hear our full coverage from UC Football Media Day from Saturday on our website at 94.3 The Game. From NFL former Pro Bowl pass rusher Everson Griffin has returned the Minnesota Vikings on what is believed to be a one-year deal. Colts quarterback Carson Wentz has returned to practice three weeks after surgery and is optimistic about playing week one. And after high praise from Bill Belichick, with Belichick even saying that nobody's good enough to take the Patriots starting quarterback job from Cam Newton, Super Cam is now sidelined until Thursday after misunderstanding COVID testing protocols and receiving a COVID test outside of the New England region. We head over to the PGA Tour. The Northern Trust is underway as we speak. East Fulham Herald Corner the third has had a really strong weekend so far, but has hit a little bit of a wall today due to the conditions. He's one over through 15 right now in the final round and is 11 under overall in the event. Good enough to be tied for 15th. The clubhouse leader is John Rahm, who finished the event shooting 20, 20 under overall. And from the NBA, the Boston Celtics to retire Hall of Famer Kevin Garnett's jersey on March 13th. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Barham. Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now.
Hot day today. Looking at a low tonight of 74. 91 tomorrow and 73 on Tuesday night. 88 on Wednesday. That's your best shot of showers. A better than 50-50 shot. And then 90 on Thursday. 92 in sunshine on Friday, which is a good thing because we had uh, havoc wreaked on uh, some high school football games on last Friday night. Opening week of the season. Uh, 90 right now out of the airport. It feels like 96. Uh, Ben, I don't see this yet. So, yeah, I know. I don't see it. (laughs) Uh, we'll get to our pirate report here in just a moment. Um, wait a minute. It just, it just rolled in here, Ben. All right, uh. Well, Pirate Report action. Here we go. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. That was a uh, Pepsi Zero Sugar, by the way. I just popped Drinking on the job over there. It's a soda. Not a road soda, a soda. All right, um, Holt Nailers. Joining us on our uh, coverage Saturday, in case you missed it, this is Holton talking about his thoughts on the team heading into the 2021 season. We're as close as we've ever been, and and we're the best team we've ever been to. I mean, we got depth at all areas and experience at all areas. I mean, I mean, anytime you return 21 out of 22 starters, you're going to be pretty a pretty good football team. We asked the hometown kid to assess his training camp. I think I had a really good camp. You know, coming in, I had a few things that I wanted to, to really get better at, um, you know, to, to perfect my craft and stuff like that. And I checked all those marks off. I mean, that's just something that I focused on daily and, and just continue to get better. And that's kind of what you got to do during camp. I mean, those days kind of string together to sometimes. But, I mean, if you just focus on, you know, certain things get better each day, and that's what you got to do. And, of course, Holton has made a physical transformation, losing a dozen pounds. He discussed that time with Big John. I feel great. Um, it's, it's definitely the, the lightest I've been in my career here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe my freshman year was a little bit close to it, but it's the the, the leanest I've been um, and definitely, you know, weight-wise lightest too. But, I mean, I'm the fastest I've ever felt, and that's something that – I mean, I'm always working on, you know, being a better quarterback and stuff like that, but I really wanted to take the run game to the next level for me like I did kind of my freshman year and be explosive like that and make plays and create plays with my legs. So, How about uh, the difference between this year's camp, Holton, and last year's camp? One thing is, I mean, we get to do in-person interviews. We get to see <laughs> yeah. people, and we don't got to wear masks 24-7. We can't – I mean, last year we couldn't even get close to our teammates other than on the practice field. So, I mean, that um, is a, definitely a thing. But, I mean, going into last year, we had so many young um, spots where there were so many question marks. I mean, running back, D-line, and the secondary, and even receiver. I mean, some and O-line. I mean, we were young, and we were inexperienced at that time. But going into this year now, I mean, you have – like I said, when I mean, you return that many guys that have played in, in games before, it's it's a totally different feel. I mean, you can going into camp instead of installing the whole offense day one, you can install you know game planning for get, for day for game one, um, and just kind of building off of that. All right, Holt Naylor's uh, discussed the guys he's going to be throwing the football to his receiving core. There's there's a lot of people stepping up. I mean, you know, kind of like you said, Blake was a a guy. I mean, he had one drop in his career, and there's not many college receivers that can go <laughs> yeah. in a career and say that. Um, I mean, you can throw a ball to someone and they can catch it every time, but once that's pretty dang good. So, um, but we've had a lot of guys step up. I mean, the guy, his backup. I mean, Audie last year was technically a backup, but he played a good bit, and I mean, he he's as skilled as anyone out there. 
Um, and, and then, you know, we're experienced through the starters. And then after that, you know, there's, there's some young guys that are really talented that are learning behind those vets that can really step up and that will step up really this year and make a key role. Uh, this is uh, Holt Naylor's discussing his offensive line. Yeah, I mean, those guys have they're, – they're definitely the most Im impressive and most improved group that we've had um, this offseason just because, they, like you said, they've had time with Big John and stuff like that. And they really took to heart um, getting where their bodies needed to be to, to be the best that they can be. And, you know, I was, it's the first time going into a camp where I didn't know exactly what the five – who my five guys were. Because mm -hmm. usually going into camp, you know, I'm like, these guys are the guys that I trust and guys that I know. And we got so much depth now that – I mean, I don't know who – I still don't know who, you know, my favorite five are, the ones that I'd rather have in there. <laughs> right, yeah. Just because, I mean, last year with COVID, you had guys in there that, you know, probably weren't developed yet and stuff like that, but it gave them game experience now. And you look and, I mean, if your third-string guy has started six games, that's pretty good. Um, so, I mean, it's exciting. Mike Houston uh, also addressing the media Saturday. Uh, some highlights from that, including his thoughts on the uh, scrimmage, the final scrimmage of training camp. Good day today. Uh, no uh, serious injuries or anything like that. Um, so should be uh, should be going into Appalachian State prep, uh, you know, with a full full roster. So uh, and that was like again, I said it, uh, you know, on the on the air there, uh, right after the scrimmage. That was my biggest uh, concern going into today was just making sure we came out healthy. Twelve days, twelve days out from game day. How about the competition at? Backup. We know Holton's going to be the starter. Who's going to back him up? There were, you know, I don't know, Ben, if you picked up on this, but I really, you know, it's one thing to hear that from Mike Houston and he kind of goes through the platitudes and the coach speak, but Donnie Kirkpatrick is going to give you like an idea of what's up. Donnie K kind of opened the door on what was really going on. And then Houston kind of had like, well, since you already kind of told the truth, I kind of have to well, but tell everybody what's going on. Yeah. Now. So, but Donnie told us on the air some things I found very interesting. Yeah, let's play the Houston clip, and then I'll I'll give you some thoughts on that. The backup quarterback, we just we've got to we got to figure out who it is, and you know, right now we're waiting on somebody to really take firm control. I mean, I think um, Mason's done some really good things. Uh, some of the other guys have done some really good things, but uh, you know, it's I think that you saw today we have a really good starter, uh, and we really need to bring whoever number two is along. So, do you want my opinion on this? I personally think it's one of the most overlooked stories in ECU football right now in terms I, no, of local media. Well, I agree, but you want me to give you? Yes, yes, for sure. Okay. I think had Mason Garcia not come in as valued as he did, Flynn would be the backup now. Flynn has looked really good so far. I think, and I'm not, I'm not being critical here, but I believe that they have given Mason Garcia every chance. They sure have. And I think what is going to happen, and I talked to somebody last night very close to ECU football who agreed with this Ailers will be listed on the depth chart as the starter and it'll be Garcia or Flynn in other words this the backup will be Garcia or Flynn I like Carolina Panthers where they did a Will Greer and PJ Walker quarterback too on the well, depth chart but you know we'll see sometimes like okay who's who's the starter well it's going to be Playing up to their strengths. It depends gonna, on the game situation. Right. It's going to be Byram or Guthrie. And then you have two starters listed. Given, no Stubby. Given props to – no, I, I just – I don't think Stubblefield is – if you get to that point in the roster, it's – it's Yeah. It's a it, – it could it means you're either blowing somebody out or they're blowing you out. Yeah. Or you have a lot of injuries. 
and I'm not saying that that guy's not it, but I, I just, I think had, had Alex Flynn come in with as much hype as Mason Garcia, he'd be the clear cut number two. That's, Mason Garcia was like our highest like football recruit right, ever, right. wasn't he? I mean, yes. yeah. But I, that's just listening to some things that Donnie Kirkpatrick said and the way he said them and the things that right now have not been done out of that position. I think a lot of that is on Mason Garcia. I think that's a great point. As far as just organizing the huddle, commanding the huddle, having an understanding of the situation, Garcia, I think, is physically more gifted. But I think Flynn is the guy now who maybe has a better grasp on the – this is just my – Better command of the offense. Yes, this is my thought based on what we heard. All right. I think it's fair. I completely agree. That's today's Pirate Report. We'll be back to wrap up today's show, tell you about tomorrow's show, in just a minute here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. First day of classes for you, right? Today? Correct. It was hot. How'd it go? It was hot. Why'd you play this? This is terrible. This is a Courtney thing. Oh, come on, Courtney. I like Michael Jackson. Come on now. Oh, sickening. Not you. You're the only person I know who doesn't really care that much for Michael Jackson. I never was a big fan, and he's a, a sicko. So I, I true. A lot of yeah. artists are sickos. Though. No, he's a real sicko. All right, Courtney, step up to the mic there. First of all, defend your pick. Why this? Okay, so it was pulled up, and he said, pick a song. And right. I said, okay, I'll take Michael Jackson, because I've heard of Michael Jackson There's a gazillion. Oh, 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 this is even a, she's just heard of him. This is, have you heard of Elvis? I have. You heard of the I Beatles? I have heard of Elvis. You heard of the Beatles? Um... I think so. Okay. (laughs) Have you heard of the Rolling Stones? Yes. Okay. Bad pick here, Courtney, but you'll get it. We'll give you a moment. How was your first day? It was good. I had no classes. Ah, there we go. There we go. That's why it was good for Courtney. No classes today. Excellent. She's got her schedule figured out. You know, Courtney was our coordinating producer on Saturday, and she had all of those big, tough football players and the coaches running circles. She had them going everywhere they needed. You did a great job, Courtney. You were awesome. She's, a, she's an intimidating presence. She is. She is, with a bad taste in music. But that's okay. That's all right. Uh, tomorrow, some of the stuff you didn't hear from Media Day. We'll have it for you. The ref will be in producing. Ben will be covering things going on over at the stadium after the uh, practice. So check our social media for that if anything big breaks. B-Baby will have it for you on the social media ones and twos. That's Twitter and Facebook. I don't know if that's the term. I'm just going with it. But Instagram, too. Well, we do now have. We got, we got that back up. We got a new Instagram. What's the uh, address? Uh, 94.3 underscore the game. Okay. So we'll promote that. I- I'm glad we got that now. We got it going. Chill Phil. Thanks, Chill Phil. Good job, Chill. Looking good, too. Looks like top class. Okay. Thanks to right uh, Jim Zoki. Great job by Ben. Courtney, thank you. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, all kinds of great sound. Some you didn't get to hear from Media Day. We'll bring it to you exclusively tomorrow here 
on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game. Have a great evening, everybody. Yeah.